All right, glad you're here tonight. I wanted plenty of time to do the sermon because I wanted to get a good hour and a half in tonight. So I'm glad you're here. Only one song. Let's take our Bibles to Ephesians. No, I'm going to be quick tonight because I've got something I'm going to do it straight afterwards. So Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to see if I can beat, beat Josh's time from Sunday. Everyone say, man, praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read um, from verse 18 through to verse 22. The Bible reads, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with his saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. When we just pray, I'm going to ask God to help me, and I'm going to ask God to help you as well this evening. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for, um, Lord, tonight, thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God. Thank you for singing about the family of God. I pray that as we look into your word tonight, we might just be encouraged and uh, be able to be thinking about you and about our church family. And I just pray you'll just please bless tonight. Help uh, each one to listen. Help, help, help me as, as I deliver it. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we had Australia Day, all right? Who remembers that? Who, who remembers that far back, okay? Australia Day. I don't remember what Sunday or well, Sunday was about. It's only Wednesday, but we had Australia Day because I know it was on the calendar. Now, I'm proud to be called an Australian, all right? I hope you are too. Um, I'm very thankful for the country that God has allowed me to be born into and to obviously to live in. Um, we have so much... Uh, I guess, richness in this country. We have so much opportunity um, compared to some other countries. When I go to India, things are not like they are here, all right? It's so different. There's, there is such a vast contrast between our worlds and theirs. And then obviously you've got other places in the world as well. Um, this year, or even at the end of 2019 and already this year, we've seen Australia's had a lot of different tragedies through fire, and now with flood, it's just remarkable the difference. So opposites of fire and water devastating um, our land. And even though we've gone through this, um, especially when the bushfires came, whoever, those of you that have a Facebook account, who saw the different charity uh, drives people I'm looking for uh, for donations to help those who are affected? When big things happen in our country, it seems like Australians, they, and they put out the Aussie lend a hand attitude. They look to be a help. There's that spirit within Australians that want to help others when they're going through a hard time. Um, I was encouraged to help and, and to donate and to give, and I know others here more than likely did that as well. Um, I think I read collectively around the world for the bushfire um, for the bushfire um, health, 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 health effort, there was over half a billion dollars that had been pledged and raised for those that were struggling. 
And I think the Australians made up a good chunk of that. Um, I think the Aussie spirit, when we think of the Anzac mateship, is very evident where um, our soldiers don't want to leave anyone behind, that they will stay by them when they're wounded, and, uh, and it's like that mateship. Um, the proudness of giving all for others is evident in our Aussie spirit. Aussies helping Aussies has always been evident throughout history. I could describe it maybe family helping family. Family helping family. In Ephesians chapter 2, our text reveals to us through the work of Christ on the cross and by the working of the Holy Spirit, each one of us has access unto the Father. At the time of salvation, each one of us are born into the family of God. No more strangers or, or, strangers or, or foreigners, but brothers and sisters. This family, or Christian family, certainly has some benefits. And tonight I want to just briefly just mention some of the benefits of being part of a family of God. Um, the first thing that I want to mention is that uh, or the first benefit of being part of the family of God is that families feel a part of something special. Families feel a, a part of something special. I want you to have a look in verse, verse 20. The Bible says that we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself um, being the chief cornerstone. And then in verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. The Bible describes here that um, that of a building and pieces fitly framed together. Pieces put into place and they're perfectly positioned by the hand of God and joined. Families are people who are joined together. You've got, most families have a mum and a dad usually, um, or at least one parent. Um, each part or each member of the family has their, has their particular role. I know in, in our family, we're perfectly fitted together. Um, it works like clockwork. Laurel cooks, I eat, and the kids clean up. It's, it's perfect harmony. It's, it, it's one of those, um, uh, Jewel, that's the first one wherever you are. Where are you, Jewel? That's, he asked me if there were any dad jokes, and that was the first one. All right, so we, families feel part of something, of something special. They are fitly joined together. And, and the Bible describes that the household of God or, or the family of God is joined together and it uses that phrase there in verse 21. It says, in whom, the build, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. When you have a family that is joined together, it, it grows. There is growth within a family. As mum and dad get married and children start to come, there is growth within the family. But within the local church... There is something special that goes on here. We could say collectively all Christians are God's workmanship or, or God's family. But within a local church, there's something special when God adds people to this local church and we're fitly framed together, all having a position and place that is equally important. But then it grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. And I, I really think about that term, a holy temple in the Lord. And... It's a place where God dwells, but it's a place that, that God wants to work through. So I want you to think about that as you are born again, 
And as you're added to this local church, if you participate within this family, you're actually part of something that is very special. It's, it's, it's not just a place that you hang out. It's not just a place where you attend on Sunday and then you go home, but you're actually part of something very special. And if God has put you here, you have an important role within this church. Verse 22 goes on to describe in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. God wants to... uh, not habitate here. God wants to live here and dwell here and do something through this because, of, because he's doing the building together. So once you think about that, as a family, you are part of something that is special. And it's God that has put you here. Each person has a unique part. Um, let's have a look in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. There's that, there's that phrase again. From, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. God wants to put us together to help it to grow, but then to edify itself in love. You being in this church, you being in this family of God has a very important part that you can actually um, be a person that edifies. You can be a person that actually helps grow this church. Please don't ever be the church member or, or the family member that drives people away. Don't ever let it be said of you that you were the reason why somebody left. You were the person that said something or, or, or maybe acted inappropriately that cause someone to leave or, or cause someone not to be here. That would be wrong. That's not what God wants. God has you here. Think about it. We're, we're all different shapes and sizes and ages and nationalities and abilities and education levels. But God has placed each one of us here for something special. Sometimes my church family feels more like my family than my real family does. Have you ever noticed that? We talk about, we think about our families that may be unsaved, cousins, aunts, uncles. Um, I don't get to see my, uh, the only family I ever get to see these days is my brothers and my mum and, and, and my immediate family. But often my church family are the ones often I'd prefer to be with or spend time with because you're a part of me and part of something special. So one of the benefits of being in the family of God is that families can often feel a, a part of something special. The second thing that families, or a, a benefit of being in the family of God is that families can feel privileged. Families can feel privileged. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read some verses in here. Now, to save time, we could read the passage and then go back over it, but I'm going to start in verse... And I'm going to read a verse to explain some things, but I want you to think about some spiritual blessings about being part of the family of God. The Bible says in verse 3, Blessed be the God of, uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So that's where it talks about where we're being blessed with spiritual blessings. 
Verse 4 tells us, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In in verse 4, the Bible tells us that we're actually chosen before the foundation of the world. God knew every single person that was going to be here tonight long before you were even born. Long before he even created the world, he knew in his foreknowledge and because he's God and he knows all things, he knows exactly how many people are going to be in Good Shepherd Baptist Church throughout its, its, entire, its entire life and history. God knows that. And God, before the foundation of the world, has chosen us to be part of this family of God. Um, my children, this is the only church that they really know. They haven't been to any other church um, before I came here, I'd, I'd been to several churches just through moving and, and through circumstances, but this is my church home now. And God knew for, for 17 years I would be part of this family and Lord willing, I'll, I'd like to be part of it for a lot longer if God allows. But verse 4 tells us that God hath chosen us before the foundation of the world. Verse 4 also tells us that, um, he's, that we should be holy and without blame before him. Have you ever thought about that? Part of being a family of God, being saved, the Bible tells us that before God, we're holy and blameless. It doesn't mean that we're perfect, but when God looks at you, he looks at the blood of Christ. He doesn't look at our, our imperfections anymore. He doesn't look at our sin and go, oh, that brother Paul, he is, uh, dad jokes are terrible. Brings him up at the wrong time. He always gets it wrong. All right, but God looks at us and he sees us um, holy, without blame before him in love. Isn't that a blessing? To be part of the family of God and, ha- and have that said about us. In verse 5, the Bible tells us that having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, the Bible describes us when we're placed in the family of God, we're adopted. Before I was born in the family of God, I was of, of my father, the devil, who never cared for me, who never gave me anything, who never responded to, to my needs and wants. He, he was happy for me to be miserable. He was happy for me to be on my way to hell. But when I was born again, the Bible says that I've been adopted. I've been placed into the family of God. God has become my heavenly father. You have become my brethren, my brothers and my sisters. And all that goes with adoption is part of being in the family of God. Verse 6 The Bible says, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. We're accepted before Christ. We're accepted before one another. Have you ever noticed that? I mentioned how we're we're all different. We all have different abilities, different shapes, different nationalities, different understandings. And yet in Christ we're all accepted. Accepted to God. We're actually accepted once. uh, uh, We're accepted among each other. Have you ever noticed that how... You can go to a church, let's say you're visiting, you're on holidays, or you go to a conference and you meet people you've never met. But there's that bond, there's that, because we know we're born again, Christ bridges that gap and it's like we're actually accepted. They accept me for who I am. They don't even know me. They don't even know the classiness of my dad jokes yet, but they still accept me. All right, so we're accepted in verse 6, the Bible tells us. As we look in verse 7, Here's some good thoughts. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So there's two things in verse 7. talks about we have um, the redemption through his blood. 
Jesus has redeemed us. He's brought us back. He's paid the price for our sins. Man, I'm so glad that I don't have to pay for my own sin. Not that I deserve it, not that I'm any good, but because of God's grace and because of God of, of who he is has made it possible for me to have redemption through his blood. What about in verse 7? It talks about the forgiveness of sins. I'm glad that, that um, God, even though I treat him wrong and even though I don't honour him all the time and even though I make mistakes and even though I let him down, the Bible says he, I have forgiveness. And that's a blessing because I'm in the part of the family of God. Verse 9, the Bible tells us that uh, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, God has seen fit to, to give us a little bit of... A verse 8 talks about um, abounded to, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, and then he's made known unto us the mystery of his will. God's actually given us a little bit of, uh, I guess, education and a little bit of understanding about the things of God through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit, we can actually know a little bit about what God wants for us. And there's lots more we could say on that, but I just want to move through this part of it very quickly. The Bible says in verse 11, it says, in whom we we have obtained an inheritance, an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Isn't it good to have an inheritance of God? I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to um, seeing what God has for me. Like God's given us so much here in this present world, but one day we'll have a home in heaven. We can inherit that, and that's a blessing. The Bible mentions in verse 13, it says, In whom, we, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. So verse 13 describes to me that, that God's given us some truth to live by through his word. After that we'd heard it, the gospel of uh, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you have believed, and that the end of verse 13 it says, uh, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When I got born again, when I received Jesus Christ as my Saviour, God put a stamp on me. And he said, Paul, you're saved. You're sealed. No one can break that seal. I can't break it. The devil can't break it. You can't break it. So what that means in a nutshell is I can't lose my salvation. Not because I'm any better than anyone else, not because I do so much good works or I live a holy life all my life. If it was, if it was reliant upon that, then I'm probably, there's no hope. But because of what Christ has done, I've actually been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Praise the Lord for that. So there's a lot more I could go, but, but just for time's sake, I'll leave that part of it there. So, so the first benefit of being part of the family of God is that as a family, you can actually feel part of something special. Okay? You actually have a place here that God wants you to be. Second thing is that families feel very privileged. Okay? You have the spiritual blessings of God. But then I want you to think about Psalm 133 verse 1, that families can actually feel some peace. Families can feel some peace. A very well-known verse, Psalm 133, verse 1. If I can get my fingers to turn there. The Bible says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Pretty, but the Bible 
there's no, you don't have to dig super spiritual to figure that out. It's pretty clear. How good? How pleasant? That's pretty nice words, pleasant. It is for brethren, brothers and sisters to draw together in unity. In unity. Now, within a family, there's most families always brothers and sisters fight. I had two brothers. I had an older brother who used to pick on me. And then I had a younger brother who used to gang up with the older brother and he used to pick on me. And so, as, as brothers, there's always fights. There's always bickers. There's always turmoil. There's always arguments. There's always who didn't get this, who got more chocolate, who had the bigger drink. Who, all, all the important things in life that you grow up with, like I didn't get to watch that, I didn't get to watch Monkey on TV, I had to watch the goodies instead of everything else. Who, who remembers the goodies? Eh? Anybody game enough to put their hand up? Okay. There were certain shows that as kids we used to like watching and, and there was always fights within families. But when family dwelled, when we, when we got on, there was peace, there was harmony and it was great to be a brother of my brothers. It's like that in church. It's exactly the same. Because we're different, we have different temperaments, we have different thoughts, we have different attitudes, we have different thoughts on things and, and, and different takes on things. There's going to be differences, but the idea is God wants us to be able to dwell together in unity. God wants to have a church that is peaceful. Have you ever, um, have you ever heard of things like where, where, where some churches, they have splits? And you hear on, or you read on Facebook, or, 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 you, or you hear on the grapevine of what happened, or what this brother said to this brother, and, and it's like, man, I don't want to go to there. I don't want to be part of that church. I've been part of a church where, where there was a, a feud going on over money. I think I, 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 think I mentioned this before. Uh, an elderly lady in the church died, and she inherited a lot of money to the church. But the mistake she made without even realizing was, she made one of the elderly men in the church the executor of the will. And it was his responsibility to say where the money went. And every time pastor wanted to do anything with the money, he'd say, no, I don't think that's good use of the money. This went on for years. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in an account. And it was like this feud all the time. This one man just couldn't see the vision of or be part of the family well. Thus, there was no peace. But we are all equal before God. There's no, there is none of us any better. There is none of us any better. I, here's, here's number two, Brother Ajul. Um, I, I think men and women are always equal. All right? Men and women are, are equal. And when it comes to being wrong, okay, it's 50-50. We, we'd all agree 50-50 when, when it comes to wrong. Because I've always been a firm believer that that 50% of the time women are wrong and the other 50% are men are right. It's, 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 it's pretty straightforward, <laughs> right? That's, that's how there's always harmony at home. If you take that philosophy, 50-50, all right? That's number two and that's the last one, I think. All right, so each one of us, are, are, we, are, we are equal before God. Okay, men aren't better than women, women aren't better than men, but we all have a role and position, a part to play in this local church. You think about it, when there's unity, when we all work together, when there's an agreement on what we do, imagine how much more gets done. 
within the local church. If everyone sees that, okay, this church is something special to me and I want to be involved in it. We had the, the Ministry Involvement Day just recently and it was great seeing people looking at the different displays, discussing things. And there were people signing up that we haven't probably hadn't had signed up before to do things. And that's good. Different ministries that people can do. Not everyone has to be up, up the front. Not everyone can play the piano. All right? Um, I can't play the piano. I can do one finger every now and then. Um, but I can't do that. All right? But we all can have a part to play. I want you to think about a church, if there's no unity, how, how can that church serve? How can it get the gospel out? How can it be used of God when there's fighting and bickering? When we dwell in unity, I think that's probably one of the greatest witnessing tools that God can use. A church that is working together, God can actually use that. So I want you to, I want you to think about that. Being part of the family of God, if you have a mindset not just to have your way, but to think about others and think about how you can contribute positively in the church, we can actually have a church that is just peaceful. Do you... I want you to ask yourself this question. I just thought about this then. When you come to church, do you find it peaceful to be here at church? Or do you find it stressful? Do you find it problematic? And only you can, only you can tell that. I mean, like I know sometimes for myself what I think, what I feel like sometimes when I'm here at church. But it should be a place where we can dwell together in unity. It should be peaceful. It should be agreeable why we're here. And then the last thing that I'll finish with tonight is in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 26. You've noticed I've made it all, um, all P's. Families can feel part of something special. They can feel privileged. They can feel peace. And I've just made this one up. They can feel personally. You'll see what I mean. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 26. The Bible says, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. All the members suffer with it. Or one member be honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Being part of the family of God causes us to feel Okay, we feel that peace, but we can actually uh, we can enter into something where we just cut with our neighbours and with everything else. The Bible gives two uh, two opposites. Where when one member and when they suffer, others suffer with it. You think about your own body. If you're sick or you're or you're injured, you if you hurt your hand then it can cause pain in other places as well. It may, may be, it, it may, the pain may cause your headaches. It may cause you to have to do things with the other hand and it's not used to it. It's sore. Same with your legs. Different parts of the body can suffer when, when another part is injured. When a church family, if someone is sick, often we, we feel that. We enter into that. When someone is struggling with something, when somebody is going through a, a problem, or there's been a tragedy in the family or 
when, thing bad, when something bad is happening, you mention it to the church and instantly they feel it. Someone's in hospital. Oh, really? I think you remember um, several years ago when, when Luke Hattersley lost his leg in the car accident. When you heard about that, it was like oh, instant, oh, poor brother, like what can we do? You enter into that because it's part of the family. Something happens to your own children or your, your wife or your husband or your immediate family. Something happens, you feel it. It's, oh, you, you, you enter into it. And that's what it's like here. And that's what it should be like. We should enter into what's going on with each other. But then it also talked about when one member is honoured, all members rejoice with it. And there's, there's two folds to the family. Obviously, we enter into the hard things and the discouragement. But when someone has a victory, when someone has a win, when someone is honoured or someone um, can testify, hey, God did something great, I want to share it. Uh, I, was, I was praying for about this, something and God answered it. And I just, I just want to tell you about it. Man, that's a blessing. That's an encouragement. I know we often give testimonies after our conference, after our leadership conference. Sometimes it's good just to be able to say, I just want to say I was praying about something, I had this issue, or there was something that I was really praying for somebody, and God answered it. What a way to testify where, where someone's honoured or just want to say I had a promotion at work or um, I had victory in this area, or we, whatever it is, share it so the family can enter into it with you. You know, we're obviously a, a small number here, here tonight than what we have obviously on Sunday, but it, it, it'd be good to enter into each other's lives. I, I know I don't, I don't want you in my back pocket. I, I don't want you at my home 24 hours a day, and, and I'm not going to go to your home, but it'd be good just to draw a bit closer together, enter in a little bit with the good and the bad, the struggles, the, the challenges, the heartache, the blessings. That's what a family does. And the family feels personally. It's not just the, the, in, the incidentals, but it's the deep things that only families can go through together. You know, the police station, we can't enter into a, the sort of relationship I'm talking about with them. They can help when we need help, but they can't enter into, they can't feel like we feel. They can't rejoice with us when we're having a victory over sin. But you can. We can. So I thank God for my Christian family. And just like most families, not everyone in church gets on perfectly, but we have the same Father. We have the same Heavenly Father who loves us and gave himself for each one of us individually. And that's the reason why we're here, not because we're better or, or we earned a role here or we paid money to be here. We're here because... Of Christ because of what God has done. As an Australian I'm happy for the country that I'm in but I'm thrilled to be part of this spiritual place that I can actually call my home, my church home. So I'm going to leave it there. Brother Andrew I'll get you to close and pray.